0: So as you guys have kind of heard me talk a little bit about lately, um, we sold our house. And um, we've had some kind of ups and downs through the process. We actually should have already been moved into another one. That one fell through. So we're living with the in-laws, which is awesome. They're gracious and amazing. And we're grateful that we're living with them and provided for. Um, But we have been to probably about over 100 houses in this process. Um, Most of them we've been actually inside. But some of them we kind of looked up online. And we, you know, you look at these pictures and they look great. And then you kind of drive to the area, or you, you, you get into the house, and everything's different than it looked like, you know? Like, it's not like it was advertised. You know, you're online, everything looks nice and beautiful. There literally was this one house. We went to an open house, and we were looking online, and we drove out there, and, and we got on the house, and we literally were like, are we even in the same house? Like, did they take pictures of somebody else's house and then send us here? Because it looked so different. It was so beat up and just different. than the pictures, look, one house we went to, which was actually a nice house, it had some potential but we walked into this certain room and the smell was so bad that Kelly and I almost ran out of the house. Like they should have put on the listing, don't come, it reeks. You know, it was just like terrible, right? Another one, we said, wow, that's got a beautiful backyard. So we, we went out and we, we went outside the back. And we looked at the back and we were like, where is the backyard? And apparently they'd used like this big wide lens on it when they took a picture, you know. And that's just deceitful. It's wrong, you know. And so, you know, that one didn't work out, you know. And, and so the thing we're finding is, is that everything's fine and good when you kind of look at the advertisement. But then once you get there and you see it for what it is, often it's very different. Um. Years ago, it was even worse than this, okay? Because years ago, like when Kelly and I bought our first house, I know was going to sound like I'm really, really old when I say this, but the internet wasn't all that popular yet, okay? And so you couldn't like take tours of houses like you can now. You couldn't see inside the house. The way it worked was you bought a newspaper, and it had about three lines that described the house, and then you had to go and see if you liked the house, all right? So I remember, one, I was here working, and I, I got the newspaper, and I saw this one It said, three-bedroom cape, garden, finished basement. I'm thinking, oh, that sound, kind of sounds nice. You know, you sit out in the garden, sip some tea, and eat some crumpets, and you know, so oh, that's kind of fun. And so uh, this is kind of before cell phones too. I know, I'm real. So um, we decide, I decided I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go. I didn't tell Kelly. I didn't tell anybody. No one could get a hold of me. So I pull up to this house, and the outside looked a little shifty. I'm like, all right, whatever. And so I go and knock on the door, and I just, no one answered the door. I just hear this voice, hold on. And I was like, okay. And so then I hear this like, old school radio get turned on and I'm like okay I guess he's set in the mood And, and then and then he just appeared he appeared it was like a vampire like he just appeared at the front door and he was like please please come in and I was like Okay, and so I followed this guy in and I get into the, into the uh, opening of the door and I look around and this house hasn't been updated since like the 1920s, I swear. It was just, I mean, the furniture was old, it was, like the little TV on the floor, like in a box, you know, and I mean, just old school as you could get. So we're walking through the house. And I instantly know there's no way I want this house, you know. But I'm trying to be nice to the guy. And, and so he says, would you like to go see the garden? I'm like, maybe that'll be the redeeming thing here. And so we walk out, I walk out into the back. And it's just this overgrown area of weeds. Like, that was the garden, okay. And I'm like, oh, it's gorgeous. You've worked hard on this, you know. And so then we walk back inside. And then he's like, would you like to see the finished basement? And I was like, sure. So we start walking down the stairs. And it looked like I was entering a dungeon, Okay. And so we get down, and as we're walking down the stairs, I literally remember this, having this, I'm not exaggerating this, I'm walking downstairs, I'm thinking, I don't have a phone, I didn't tell anyone where I'm going, I'm about to die, like I literally thought this was it, you know, I'm like, Jesus, thank you for 22 years of life, you know, like, didn't get to have kids, but that's cool, you know, and so I get down into the dungeon, uh, basement, and uh, I'm down there in the basement, and it's just like painted cement, and there's a few walls that have like some stuff thrown up on them, and I'm I'm just like what is going on down here, and then he starts to tell me about all the amazing family parties they've had down there and his relatives, and I felt like saying, how many of their bodies do you have down here now? You know, like <laughs> where are they stored? You know, can we play, you know, hide and seek? We'll go find them. You know, and 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 thankfully, here I am today. I got out of that experience, but I can tell you whether it's through the newspaper ad or through online that the advertisement for these different homes never or almost never quite measures up to once you get there and you see stuff for what it really is and you realize it's not as desirable as you thought. And that's exactly what we've been saying about sin in this series is that sin makes these great claims it makes these great advertisements, you know? I'm gonna set you free, I'm gonna bring you joy and all these different kinds of things. And then when you see it for what it is, and I hope that together we've been seeing sin for what it is, you realize it's not what was advertised. You realize it doesn't deliver on its promises and that's a huge huge deal and so through this series the kind of the thought we've been floating and we get this from scripture and we certainly get this from our experience those of us who are followers of Jesus we get this from our experience this thought that God is better than my sin and the idea that God's better than our sin is something we want to fuel the way that we live we don't just want it to be information in our head we want it to be the thing we want to be the thing that fuels our decision making So that the next time you and I are tempted to do something sin might advertise, we say, wait, God's better than that. And we see through it. And so I hope and pray that as we're doing this series and as we wrap up next week with part five, that we'll be able to be people who are moving forward in our lives and we're not believing sin's lie. That we're really saying, okay, God's better than this. And that's why I'm gonna choose God's way. Because he's better. Because I love him more. Because I want him more. I want what he has for me more than I want maybe a temporary high or a temporary high satisfaction that sin might have to offer. And so we think this is a huge deal. And tonight I want to talk with you about one of the ways that sin kind of advertises itself. One of the things sin often says to us is, I will give you life. I will give you life. I will bring you to life. You will live life to the fullest when you choose me. That's the lie of sin so often. And so sin says, sleep around, right? Sleep around. Why not? You're not alive unless you're having sex, whether you're married, maybe it should be inside a marriage or maybe it should be outside of that marriage relationship. Maybe you're not married yet, but you should be having sex. You should be sleeping around. And let me say this. Often in church, sex is seen as this, you know, this bad thing. Sex is a great gift of God. It's a beautiful thing, but sin distorts it. And sin tries to tell us that whenever we kind of feel the urge, we should just go ahead and have sex, right? I'll bring you life. You're not living unless you're doing this, right? Sin says tell the lie. Tell the lie because if you don't tell the lie, then, man, you're gonna be caught in what you did and your life is gonna suddenly get all these restrictions, especially those of us still living at home, right, under mom and dad's care. Oh, man, if you don't lie and get out of this, watch all the restrictions come on you when they find out what you actually did. So lie and stay free. Live, right? Some of us, it's, oh, man, you know, the people around you, you, you want them to like you, don't you? You want them to like you more than the other people around you. And so, so it's all right to, to kind of slam the people around you. It's all right to kind of gossip about them and, and say things about them that may be or may not be true because you want them to like you more. You want to be alive. You want to be popular. And so there's all kinds of different struggles, all kinds of different lies that sin says, I will bring you life. I will give you what you're really looking for. And this is a huge deal because sin, you know what sin does? It betrays us. It betrays us over and over again. Sin says, okay, I will bring you life. And then when you get to the house, so to speak, and you see it for what it really is, you and I, I think something's true of us, we begin to realize that this is very different than what sin promised me. The result of my sin is very different than what I thought the outcome was was going to be. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I think that this really applies to you tonight, too. I think this whole series does, because maybe one of the things you don't like about all this God stuff is why he's always telling us, live this way, live that way, do this, do that, and maybe you've thought it's so that he's just trying to control you to be a good person. Maybe you've thought it's so that you can earn something from God, and you can prove to him that you're not a bad person. I mean, I, I just talked with two people in the last two weeks, two people that I one of them I really care about. Another one was someone I had just met and, and we got on the God conversation and both of them said the same thing. I, th- I think all this, all this life and everything, if there's a God, if he's out there, I think it's all about just being a good person. I think that's what counts in this life. I think that's how you get to heaven if there is one. And maybe that's what you've thought. Maybe you've thought God says, live this way, you know, live within these rules, live within this lifestyle so that you can earn something from me. And tonight, I think you're gonna see that it's very different than that. Really, what God is trying to do when he says, hey, don't go down that road, he's trying to preserve you. He's trying to keep you from giving up the life that he wants you to have. And so we're gonna look tonight and see what happens when we sin. Sin's saying, hey, I'm gonna bring you life. Let's look and see what sin actually brings. James chapter one. James was the brother of Jesus. And he didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't believe that Jesus was the savior of the world until he came back to life. And then he was kind of convinced. I'd be convinced too, right? And so, so James is here writing now in James chapter one, and he has some really great thoughts on sin. He says in verse 14, but each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desires. Okay, so we have these desires. You know this. If you're a follower of Jesus or not, you and I have desires inside us, right? And sometimes we're kind of lured by them and we're tempted by them, right? And some of the things I even mentioned already, right? It's, it's just the, the lustful desire. Or, or for some of us, there's this incredible pain in our heart, and there's this lure in us to just numb it out. And so we turn to drugs or we turn to alcohol. For some of us, it's, and this is kind of crazy, and I think this is not all of us, so I think I can share this, and you don't have to judge me, and I won't judge you on this one. It's something that God will keep working on our hearts is, is, has there ever been somebody in your life that you don't like because they're better than you at something or they're more popular or, or whatever it might be and you want something bad to happen to them? Right? Isn't that true? See, I'll take your laughter as yes, okay? Uh, so everyone who laughed, you're all busted, right? But, but isn't that crazy, right? There's someone in our life, we, we don't even care if something good happens to us as much as we want something bad to happen to them, right? I mean, every time you're around, it's like if they got hit by a bus, I'd be okay with that, you know? You see the greyhound coming, you're kind of praying a little, right? All right? And so... That is something that, I don't know about you, that's so ugly in us, isn't it? And we're kind of lured and we're tempted in these different ways. We're tempted to make ourselves look better. We're tempted to lie. We're tempted to gossip. Um, Some of us, you know what we have? We have this destructive tendency toward relationships that will destroy us. Be it a dating thing, be it just a friendship thing. We are drawn, we're lured, we're enticed by destructive Relationships. And so there's this stuff going on inside of us. And if that stuff wasn't going on inside of us, we wouldn't have to do this series because we'd always choose God, right? And God's changing us. And over time, we're growing hopefully, right? But inside of us there, James is saying, okay, there's this, there's this temptation, there's this luring, there's this pull towards sin. And I want to tell you something. When you and I are tempted, that doesn't mean we've sinned yet, okay? You're going to actually see the progression of how this goes. The next part he says in verse 15, then desire... When it has conceived, gives birth to sin. So we start with desire. I really hope that person gets hit by a bus. That's desire, right? Okay. But then when we give into that desire, we give birth to sin. When we give in, again, and actually we're going to talk about this a lot next week. If you're a follower of Jesus, and we're really going to push this hard next week, you don't have to give in. Okay. So that's like incredible news. But yet sometimes we do, don't we? And James has something really powerful to tell us here. He wants us to see what sin will give birth to, okay? So the next time you and I are tempted and we fear, feel the lure, we feel the enticing, we feel the lust, we feel the pride, we feel the anger, we won't believe the lie that it's bringing life. See, because in this next part, he says, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. So when we see sin for what it really is, we see that the end result of our sin is death. Now, I'm talking to a room full of people who are alive, right? So how is this true? If sin brings death and we've all sinned, then how is it true that sin brings death? Well, it brings death in many different ways. And let me break this down for you best I can, okay? The biggest way, the most consequential way that sin brings death is eternal death, eternal separation from God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you might not like this one, that's okay. You might not buy this one, that's okay. Just stick with me. You'll, I think you'll track with me in a second. But I can tell you this, that the, the most consequential part of us being brought away from the life of God and, and brought toward death is that eternal separation from him, that eternal separation from who he is. The next kind of area this can be is is physical death, right? Sin can lead to physical death. Doesn't always, right? Again, you're all here, looking good, nice, okay? But sin can lead to physical death. It can lead to that premature physical death because of the OD or because, um, you know, the sexually transmitted disease or this or that, right? And so sin leads to death sometimes prematurely, physically, all right? But here's one we all relate to. The next two, actually. Everybody's in on this. Follower of Jesus, not follower of Jesus. We're all in on this one. You see, sin brings death to our relationships. Oh, yeah, we all know that, right? Because we all have relationships that once were great, and sin has crept in. Jealousy, gossip, anger, unforgiveness, competition, fear, abuse, Sins brought death to tons and tons of our relationships. One of my best friends growing up, we were inseparable from the time we were in about fourth grade. We uh, had a blast through high school, we, we, we did all kinds of crazy stuff. We had a great relationships with the teachers. We'd always pull pranks on them, and somehow we lived, and, we, and they didn't kill us, right? But, I mean, we'd set up their cl- entire classrooms outside. Like, they'd walk into their classroom just be empty, all their furniture, desks, everything outside, right? Um, my, my, our chemistry teacher, we tormented this poor woman, and she loved us for it. I don't know why, but uh, we used to staple her lab, lab coat sleeves shut, you know? So she'd be, like, in the middle of a session, be like, calcium, and blah, 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 you know, and she couldn't get her arm in, you know? And so we would just do all these ridiculous things. Um, we had a landscaping company together, me and my, my Buddy, we it was called Pee Wee Landscaping. It never quite took off. I'm thinking the name had something to do with it. I don't know why we chose that name, but we went with that, and and, and we just got like eight lawns. We cut it, and so that was good. But um, then we went to college, and all kinds of crazy stuff happened. One time we were driving on the Long Island Expressway back to his house, exit 62, and I'm driving my dad's red pickup truck, and there's this big white cap, you know those big caps that cover the beds on pickup trucks. And all of a sudden, as I'm driving, going like 65, I mean 55 on the expressway, um, all of a sudden the cap lifts up off my truck and goes flying out onto the expressway. There's sparks flying up, and I'm just screaming. I was just screaming like a little girl, right? And all of a sudden, I look at him. And he looks at me, and we're like, what do we do? And I'm like, we gotta go get it, right? And so about 10:30 at night, me and him ran out. We were like a, a living video game, trying not to get hit by cars, and like, and picking up and carrying this cap off. I mean, just the, the adventures we had were epic. They were amazing stuff. I'll probably never have with another friend in my life, hopefully and prayerfully, right? But I can tell you the day came when anger and jealousy and competition destroyed that relationship. And by the time we realized what had happened, it was really too late to ever get it back to where it was. We forgave each other. I actually talked. He left me a voicemail a couple weeks ago, and I left him one back. And great guy, loves Jesus, and just the sin got in there, and it ruined stuff. It brought death. And I remember being right in the middle of that semester in college where the anger and the jealousy and the competition all felt justified, It all felt right. But in the end, it brought death to that relationship. And you and I, we know this. We know that sin brings death in this area. Another area that sin brings death in is in our quality of life. In our quality of life. You see, When you walk through life, and and as Christians, if you're a follower of Jesus here in the room, we forget this a lot, but if you walk through life with peace, you're a very rare person. If you walk through life with joy, and I'm not talking about the pretend joy, like you're in a funny movie and that was great and let's go have fun and okay, good, now I'm home and I'm miserable. No, I'm talking about the joy that lasts in the midst of all the ups and downs of life. If you have that, you're very, very rare. And when sin attacks your peace, when sin attacks your joy, it brings death to your quality of life. It brings death to those places in you that that God wants to bring life. And so when you and I choose sin, we're constantly choosing death. It doesn't ever feel like that up front. Sin is well disguised, but often if we could just get right down to it, if we could just see it for what it is, what we need to realize is that sin, every single time we're choosing it, we're choosing some form of death. And you know the crazy thing about sin? Once you've chosen it, it just betrays you all the more. You know, like, I don't know, as a kid, I, was, I wasn't the best kid, but as a kid, you know, you'd find like an abandoned house and you'd throw rocks at it, you know, throw rocks at the window and, you know, you and your buddy there. And you know what sin's like? Sin's like you and your buddy there throwing rocks at the window. And then when you get busted by the police, right, you look over at your friend and he's pointing at you. And he tells the guy, co- oh no, this was all, this was all him. He, he dragged me here. I was trying to tell him to stop and he just kept doing it. And then it's you getting driven away in the back of the squad car and your friend laughing and pointing. That's sin. That's, that's the friend that sin is, right? Because for you and I, I mean, where's the person we had the affair with when the marriage is destroyed? Where's the drug when you're sitting in the jail cell? Where is the gossip when all of your friends have been driven away because everybody knows who you are and what you're like now? No one trusts you. You see, sin just brings death. And then there's the other side of this haven't really brought up what God wants to do. But there's this amazing verse in John chapter 10. And here's what's going on in John chapter 10. Jesus is talking about him as the Savior. And he's talking about him as one who wants to have this amazing real relationship with the people around him. And he's trying to show everybody the difference between him and religion. You know, religion again says do this and you'll get where you want to go. And Jesus is saying, hey, I'm not like that. I'm really different. And he tells us why he's come. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you've ever wondered why Jesus come, what's he all about? If you are a follower of Jesus and you you really want to know if you could just see it in one sentence what Jesus came to accomplish for you and I, it's here in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says this, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, sin is constantly saying I'll give you life. You're not alive unless you're doing what I want you to do. And here we see Jesus saying, I've come. I've come. I left heaven. I left perfection. I took on the body of a human. That day, that you, that I may have life and have it abundantly. What does it mean that God doesn't just want us to have life, but he wants us to have it abundantly? Well, here's a thought that I hope will stick with you. You ready? In all the ways that sin brings death, in all the areas of your life that sin brings death, Jesus brings life. Just think about it for a second. We said before that sin brings this eternal separation from God. And here's Jesus looking at the death and the the pain and the misery that we've caused as we choose sin. And he says, I will enter into that death and I will save them eternally. He brings life to you and I right where sin brought death. Sin says, I'll separate you from God eternally. Jesus says, I will bring you to God eternally. I will lay down my life not so you can earn anything from me, not so you can try and right all your wrongs, but I will bring you life that you could never bring yourself. I'll bring you life you don't deserve. I'll bring you life eternally. And it's all about that relationship with him. It's all about saying, all right, Jesus, I want that life. I wanna know you as my savior. Come and be that savior for me. And so where sin brings separation from God and death eternally, Jesus brings life eternally eternally. Sin, how about the next one, right? Sin can bring death physically prematurely, right? The OD, like I said, it could be this, could be that, murder, it could be any of these different kinds of things. Sin can sometimes steal our physical life prematurely. But you know what? Think about this for a second. God brings life to our physical bodies. How do I mean that? Well, this isn't a hard and fast rule, right? I mean, my mom passed away when she was uh, before 60 years old and um, she was a great follower of Jesus, so she didn't have this extended long life. But, but generally, if you think about it like this, when you do things God's way, you really remove like a billion ways you could die prematurely. You know, when you say, all right, God, I just want to live the way that you have for me, when you follow his word and you follow what he's laid out, you really take out a, a ton of ways that you could die prematurely. When you say, no, I'm not going to do drugs, I'm just going to allow God to heal me rather than try to numb out this pain in my heart, what if I bring him the pain and let him heal me of it and deliver me from that, right? No, I'm not going to sleep around and contract some STD which eventually may kill me. No, no, what if I honor God and then I enjoy God Sex inside of marriage. I mean, you just take a ton of those things out of the way, don't you? And so God really brings life to our physical bodies just simply by protecting us from making decisions that wanna destroy us. What about the next one? Sin brings death to our relationships. Do you know that God brings life to your relationships? Now you may object, you may say, hey man, when I became a Christian, I actually lost a bunch of friends. They started making fun of me, they started pointing the finger and saying, oh, Mr. Holier than thou is here, all that kind of stuff. Well, that can be true. And I won't deny that, but for the relationships that stay and for the new relationships that are formed, you begin to see a level of relationship that you've never known before. Because suddenly in the marriage, it's not just Doug and Kelly, it's the Holy Spirit inside Doug and Kelly. And there's a love there that's not human. There's a joy there that God gives. There's a, a self-control and a patience and a kindness. And she's perfect and I'm getting there. You know? But, but we, you, know, you have God at work in you now. And he's making a difference in you. And you know, this is, this is true with your friendships. This is true with relationships with your parents. I love seeing that one transformed. When kids and their parents, those relationships are put back together. That's one of my favorite ones to see. When God enters that equation. I was just talking with a parent this past week and, and she was just saying, I, can't, I couldn't be more excited to see my kids excited about going and being at church. Like they'll go multiple times a week. They can't wait to get there. They can't wait to just get and be where God's presence is and be around people who love Jesus. And, and she was just so excited. And you can just tell some dynamic of that relationship came to life when her kid started to want to know God for herself. And so when you and I, man, when we grow in this relationship with Jesus and we say, all right, God, I'm gonna do things your way. I'm gonna look to you for, your, for life. He begins to bring life in our in our physical relationships that we have, these human relationships that we have. And you know what? The last one we talked about was quality of life. That sin brings death to our quality of life. It robs us of peace, it robs us of joy, all these different kinds of things. And when you, again, look to Jesus and say, all right, I want you, I want the life abundantly, man, suddenly I've got this peace, and I've got this joy, and I've got this hope, and man, God's doing all these different things inside my heart in ways I never could have done for myself. And so I hope, as we've talked about this, as we just looked at these few verses, uh, James pointed out that sin brings death eternally, physically, relationally, in our quality of life. Jesus, in the same exact situations, in the same areas of our life, says, how about if I bring life eternally, physically, relationally, and in your quality of life? You see, that's what we get to choose. We get to choose one or the other. When you choose God, you're choosing life. When you choose sin, you're choosing death every single time. And so what do we do here? I think we let this inspire us to live differently. I just wanna ask you a question. What are some of the advertisements in your life right now? What are some of the advertisements of sin in your life? Just like Kelly and I are looking at all these advertisements for houses hoping that, man, we're going to find one that finally works? What advertisement of sin are you looking at, and it's pulling you in, and those desires are enticing you? And you're thinking about saying yes to sin. Yes, yes, I will. I'm going to believe that advertisement. Just think for a second, just in your own heart, what are the things that are luring you in right now? Because if you and I choose those things, they'll give birth to death in one of those areas. And so allow God just to kind of analyze your heart right now. You see, because here is what's so powerful. If you and I will choose life, if you and I will choose God, we will avoid thousands of deaths. We'll avoid all the deaths in these different areas that we've talked about tonight. And so what I want you guys to know is that sin brings death, but God brings us to life. Sin leads us to death, but God brings us life. That's the choice you and I get to make. I think one of the ways that I've seen this most clearly recently is in the videos that we do when we have baptisms. A lot of you guys have seen them. If you haven't been around for a while, uh, then uh, here's kind of what happens. We baptize people and every single person that gets baptized makes a video and they tell the story of their life and and they usually kind of do it in sections and usually they start out before God before God was real to me, before God began to show himself to me, before I was in a relationship with him. And then they talk about after. And I love it because you see this principle so clearly. It usually starts out like, man, I was trying to numb out and I was addicted to drugs. It usually starts out, I was trying to take my life. I tried several times and I failed. It usually starts out, I was sleeping around and I was trying to find my identity in, in a relationship. And then it ends, the after, the life part, is but man, then God made himself real to me. And when God made himself real to me, he began to heal the thing I was trying to numb out and I was able to, by his grace, stop the drugs. I, I found out who I am and, and who he says I am and so I broke off that relationship and man, everything has been different. You see, I think we've seen over the last two years that we've done baptisms here and you've seen those videos, you have seen the proof of this message. And it hasn't come from my mouth, it's come from the people here sitting in the room who have said, okay, this is what God did in my life. And we've seen clearly that sin brings death, but God brings life. And so would you allow this to motivate you? As you're tempted this week, as you see the ad, so to speak, of sin in your life, would you say instead of, yeah, I'm going to buy that one. Yeah, I'm going to bite. Yeah, I'm going to give in. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that. We just say, wait, I, I see through you. I see you for what you are. I know where you'll take me. And instead of death, I'm going to choose the life that God gives. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, we're thankful to you that you have life for us. God, we just come to you now and we just ask you, God, would you you spotlight the areas of our lives that we're being enticed in, we're being lured in, we're being tempted. And man, sometimes it looks so good. The advertisement is so well put together. But God, would you help us tonight to see through that? Would you help us, God, to remember the times, even in our lives, where we believed sin's lie and and remember the death that it brought? And would you also help us remember the times when we believed you and we trusted you, God, and we chose your way and we chose the relationship with you and it led to life? So if you're a follower of Jesus, would you spend a few minutes doing that? Would you say, God, would you... Would you show me the areas of my life where I'm really tempted to believe the lie of sin right now? And then would you pray that second prayer? God, would you remind me the times of my life when I chose you and I saw the life that it brought? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I talked about the eternal separation from God. I talked about the different consequences of sin. And really, I'm not trying to scare you. I just want you to see sin for what it is. And I want you to see God for who he is. And maybe tonight you're realizing, man, I don't want to try to you know, work myself to God. I don't want to try and carry the weight of my sin. I'm, I want a savior. I, I want to know life. I want to begin to see that God is real. And, and I want what those people in those baptism videos talk about, to see God make himself real to us and, and to see the life he can bring both eternally and here and now in my relationships and my quality of life. If that's you, then I want to just ask you to pray with me. Would you just pray something like this? Jesus, thank you that you want to bring life to me. So God, would you forgive me for my sin? God, would you be the one that rescues me and saves me? I'm not going to try and save myself and I'm not going to ignore my sin. I'm going to admit today that I need you, and I ask you to help me, God, to choose you over sin. When I'm tempted, God, that as you have saved me now, God, that you would change me now and help me to choose you more and more as I grow in this relationship with you.